Are you electrified about transforming the world of storytelling? Immerse yourself in frontier storytelling from SR Media. Learn from artists, business leaders, and entrepreneurs making an impact with Frontier Tech, from AI to VR chat. Our Frontier Storytelling guests will inspire you to transform how you create, live, and work. I'm your host, Steve Ramos. Join us on the new frontier. The 79th Venice International Film Festival of La Biennale di Venezia wraps to a close Saturday, September 10th, after welcoming artists, audiences, industry professionals, and press from across the globe. You likely have watched plenty of celebrity stories from Venice's red carpet. Oh, the fashion, the gossip, and behind-the-scenes dramas. While gossipy stories from Venice fuel social media, what makes a lasting impact in the world of entertainment are the 360-degree videos, XR works, live performances, and virtual worlds, making up Venice Immersive, the new name of the long-running Venice VR expanded section. Venice is a global hub for frontier storytellers. Festival attendees are experiencing 44 projects on the Venice Immersive Island from 19 countries, with 30 of the immersive projects in competition. Artist and business leaders Felix Lajunez and Paul Raphael of Felix and Paul Studios are gathering responses from audiences at the Venice Immersive Market while working at their Montreal-based studio. Felix and Paul have two 360-degree videos in the Best of Immersive section. Space Explorers, the ISS Experience Spacewalkers, and Space Explorers, the ISS Experience Episode 3, Unite. The Space Explorers series is a multi-platform immersive production filmed by astronauts on board the International Space Station. It's a unique collaboration between Felix and Paul Studios, Time, and NASA. It's immersive entertainment at the grandest scale. Felix, Paul, welcome to Frontier Storytelling. Nice to hey see there. you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Felix and Paul Studios, you work on a massive scale with the world's best-known brands. NASA, SpaceX, LeBron James, President Obama, Cirque du Soleil, so what are some of the challenges that come from co-creating with these global brands? What are some of the benefits? You call them big brands, and, and with, with the size comes weight, right? Uh, and so no matter whether it's uh, an organization like NASA or the President of the United States or an athlete, an athlete like LeBron James or Irvin Soleil, the there's, you know, uh, a complexity that is inherent to dealing with such a complex organism, right? Uh, someone, whether it's uh, scheduling or logistics or the relationships or the politics, literally sometimes of, of of these things, you know, these are, it's something you need to learn how to do. Basically, you you get better with time and you uh, you build relationships, you build trust, um, you you learn the ropes. 
Um, but on the flip side, they're big for a reason. And that's that's a big, you know, it's a good reason to work with them, right? The the, the type of experience you're going to get from spending some time uh, with Obama in the White House, you know, it's, it's ultimately worth the cost. And certainly uh, a, a complex organism like NASA being able to, to film in space uh, is, is an obvious uh, upside. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, we, we, we invest uh, the efforts and the time uh, where we think it's, it's, it's worth it. Are you wondering why I asked Felix and Paul about scale while talking about immersive entertainment? I believe scale is something we all think about, no matter what we're crafting in our creative lives or our work lives. Let's listen and learn more from Felix and Paul. The biggest, I guess, learning that, I, that I've had working with these, uh, you know, public personalities or, or premier, premium organizations over the years is that they generally also contain the most visionary people in the industry. Meaning that when you work with somebody like President Obama, there's President Obama, but there's a team around him. And he at the time, surrounded himself around a team of visionary people. And so those people will interact with you and will try to find, you know, new ways to communicate, new ways to innovate, new ways to engage, you know, audiences to tell their story, you know. And 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 then you meet those people and you find a kinship, you know. And then through that kinship, that desire to uh, explore new boundaries or, or explore new spaces, you know, to make discoveries that could make things better, you know, for you, for them, for the world. Uh, you, through that kinship, you develop trust. And through that trust, then you make projects, you know, with those people. And I would say the same is true for somebody like Eminem or LeBron James. Like, there's a lot of smart people that that are part of those personalities that are that are entities, you know, in and of themselves that, that come with a group of people around them. And, and that think tank, you know, again, you, you, you need to get along with where they want to go and they need to see in what you're doing a value, an exploratory, you know, value forging a new path for, for, for a future that makes sense to them. Uh, but, but it's, I think for, for me, it's been, it's been that learning of like trying to work with people that are visionaries, that are ready to take risks, that are ready to explore new spaces that have a positive positive idea, positive thoughts, positive contribution to bring to the world or a sense of inspiration because we're not in the business of creating dystopian project. You know, we try to, we try to, to make projects that, that, that bring a sense of positivity, you know, and I, and I'm not talking about naive positivity. I'm just talking about a general sense that our time on this planet is limited and we're not going to waste it making the world worse. You know, we're going to try to use those technologies to try to, and those, those, those storytelling abilities and those partnerships with other people to try the, to make the world slightly better and by small increments. You have the experience from the attendees of Montreal. You have more recent experiences of the infinite attendees in Houston does it change how you think about, you know, as you grow your immersive entertainment projects and works? Do you embrace this hybrid concept more? They need to be hybrid moving forward. We have to, you know, in terms of the on-site experience. What is immersive like for you post-COVID-19? Prior to the whole COVID, you know, worldwide crisis, uh, we were in the early stages of development for a show called The Infinite. 
And that was going to be our biggest show to date. And that is a large-scale traveling exhibit that immerses up to 150 people at the same time in virtual reality in a 7,000-square-foot space where audiences explore the International Space Station through their avatars and discover inside of the virtual ISS all of the cinematic VR content that we have filmed in space with the astronauts and NASA over two and a half years. So it's, it's a huge project. And we wanted that to be a traveling location-based collective experience. And then once we started the development of this show, COVID hit. And so we were wondering, is the show ever going to happen at all? And so we decided to stay on course, keep the development, and we launched the show in July 2021 in Montreal while the crisis of COVID was still very much you know, active. But that forced us to, in the development and with our partners at Fi Studios, that forced us to, to think of a way to bring VR to people. And I talk about the hardware and the overall you know, user experience in a way that would feel extremely safe, you know? And so we hired teams that helped us build those uh, hygiene stations for sanitizing the VR headsets and the way that the operators interfaced and interacted with the audience. We just built an approach that made people feel extremely comfortable and safe. And so launching the show in those conditions worked out really, really well. And the, the feeling of being in those experiences, large-scale experiences with so many people, because we had, you know, we had hundreds of thousands of people that came to see the show in Montreal, and then after that in Houston for the U.S. premiere over four months, the emotional response was extremely strong to the content, but also to the collective experience of experiencing something together, you know, after this worldwide event. So it's been good for us. It's kind of ironic that, you know, we've been doing VR for uh, close to a decade and a lot of people came up to me and were like, did this, you know, accelerate, you know, adoption to your content and how has COVID affected your, um, you know, the visibility of your content? The fact is that we had our biggest success with something that was out of the home at the potentially worst imaginable time. Uh, but it turns out that I think people, uh, you know, were not only happy to be out of their homes for one of the first times and think it was the first exhibit or, or public uh, art experience people were doing in a very long time. But this, as you call it, hybrid quality, well, you know, it's hybrid in a few ways, really. It's hybrid in that it's a mixture of, you know, we we're, as a studio, we're, we're very well known for our cinematic content and uh, even though we've been developing uh, interactive experiences for a while this is this is one of the first times uh, we released something uh, like that and 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 but this is really a hybrid of the two it's really a, a a blending of linear cinematic 3dof content and interactive immersively physically immersive 6dof content and a lot of the footage that's in the infinite is available online as episodes and, and as what we were showing at, at Venice. And the reactions are, are, are phenomenal to this content. But somehow the fact that you can physically interact with this world and then access this often the exact same content uh, seems to elevate people's immersion and emotional engagement and the reactions. I mean, we've uh, I've never seen so many people cry <laughs> you know, looking at our content. It has happened you know, a few times in the past 
you know, I take off the headset and I see a few tears, you know, but uh, it, it's kind of a, uh, a very, very common thing with, with the infinite. And so the, the format, I think th- th- this combination is, is, has proven to be very powerful, but as a model, as a, as a way of showing our content it, on so many levels, it's been huge for us, you know, on a creative level, it's kind of unshackled us from, you know, the sitting down, putting on a headset. I mean, there's, you know, I often say that I could spend the rest of my life or my career just exploring cinematic VR and, and wouldn't get to the bottom of it. We got, you know, we're such early days and and I'd probably be happy doing it. But integrating, in this case of the infinite, a, you know, 10,000 square foot or more physical space that you can free roam into and, and, and have this sense of infinite space around you because uh, you are essentially floating uh, above the earth. It, from a creative standpoint, it's just so liberating, you know, as we think of of, of, of projects in the future to, to just be able to to have this infinite canvas, really. And so to now be able to play with the immersion that comes from photorealism, right, and the humanity that you can capture with a cinematic virtual reality camera, combined with the the physical presence that you can now have as a viewer, to us, these are, these are this is a kind of a killer combination. The history of immersive storytelling, and for many others, it really runs parallel to the history of of Felix and Paul Studios over these past 10 years. You're more than XR natives. For many, you're XR originators, whether at Sundance or South By or Venice. You can look, as you just described, this growing immersive community, the growing immersive island marketplace at Venice. And you can see a comprehensive vision of what's next for immersive content. Venice Immersive is wrapping this week. Attendees are experiencing two editions of Space Explorers. So what's significant about immersive work today? And what do you think we can expect tomorrow? When we started this whole VR adventure, it was a non-industry, like you know, like we said before. And what we knew, though, was that there was potential, right? That was clear. The It was possible even in the early days to create something that was impactful. Uh, but the infrastructure on a worldwide level for any of this just was completely missing. And so the only way we were able to do what we were doing was by, you know, it was a very delicate dance between a tiny little, you know, at the time, just Felix, myself, Stefan, our third co-founder, and then the team group, but still relatively small uh, team uh, with giants, right? We had to be able to, uh, you know, it was like the, the giant waves of these giant corporations we were collaborating with, such as uh, Oculus, then Facebook, then Meta, Google, the studios, uh, all our big partners, we had to find ways to both have the, you know, creative independence that is needed to innovate, right? To, to You know, there's no codes by which we can abide to, to you know, deliver a product that fits into any mold. Uh, and yet we need to work with, you know, entities much larger than us. And and and, the, and these entities also have had their interests and their, their varying interests, right? The shifting interests of different, you know, uh, whether it be at some point cinematic uh, or then it's gaming and then it's uh, at, at home, LBE, no LBE, like all these shifting interests, you know, the, the Hollywood interest, what's really cool today is that we still we have you know we've developed this ability to 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 to, to, you know do this dance 
we've also uh, achieved a certain independence with a project like the Infinite and the this model that we can now, you know, expand upon, duplicate and expand upon. I think today virtual reality is finally starting to be recognized as its own medium, its own art form, its own industry, and not as a subset of other industries. Uh, you know, for too long, it has been compared as the evolution of cinema or the evolution of live shows or the evolution of, uh, you know, games or like maybe all of that has some truth to it. Maybe that 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 would will happen, but that certainly is not the reason why we started to be interested in virtual reality in the first place. We always had this deep feeling, intuition uh, that that would become a huge art form in and of itself that would have its own sets of rules, it, its own storytelling logics uh, and and uh, paradigms, and and that we would spend our careers trying to explore this art form for what it is, not for what it's supposed to be by association with other art forms. You know, we've never liked that vision of VR. We've always thought that it was the absence of a vision, you know, to, to try to make that a cousin of other things. Um, and so, and so we've been focused on doing that and trying to find the core strength of virtual reality for years now, what we're starting to see that we're very excited about is that we moved from a state of research and development in a way, you know, for, for I think the entire industry was in R&D for a while, you know, and now we're, we're starting to find an actual market, a way to get to audiences, you know, and people actually go. They take their car or public transportation or bicycle and they go to a place where they enter our story worlds and they make that choice. You know, they, they go through the process of, it's not just, you know, for a while people said, Oh, it's complicated to put a VR headset. There's so many steps, but you add some steps. People actually physically have to get to the place where they will have to put that VR headset on, but they still do it. When it comes to sharing insights on what's next in the world of immersive entertainment, there are no better futurists than Felix and Paul. Let's hear more from Felix and Paul. Again, it's hard to say how long exactly it's going to take, but it's it's more and more undeniable that immersion is the evolution of digital period. And when we say digital, we mean everything, you know, it's not games, TV, apps, it's everything, right? It's it's social interaction. It's it's, it's the way we live our lives. And so entertainment is is going to follow suit and the foundation for that is strong and getting stronger by the day. But for us, what it means is a moment where we start creating inherently immersive experiences at a, at a big scale that people can access effectively from many different points, some of them location-specific, some of them at home. And through that, we try to articulate stories that matter, that are meaningful, that engage audiences for a long amount of time, ongoing stories, you know. So for now, we've been operating from a point of view of nonfiction because we've been in space, space exploration, but we're, we're gradually venturing toward the world of fiction and how to bring all of our learnings towards a, a connection to audiences that is based on a fantasy or science fiction proposition. It's what the future is made of. It's that interconnected, immersive world that has a foot in physical experiences and a foot in non-physical experiences 
And that's what we're working to build. I think we're better equipped than ever as a company, as artists, but also as an industry. And the sky's kind of the limit. Felix, Paul, thank you for joining us from Montreal. Best of luck with the viewings at Venice. I wish you great success of the ISS experience and productive feedback from the Venice Immersive Market. I cannot wait to experience what's next from you and the entire Felix and Paul Studios team. Thank you for joining Frontier Storytelling. Listen for episodes every other Thursday. Become a member of the Frontier Storytelling tribe. Share our episodes with friends, write a review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Frontier Storytelling comes from SR Media and Studio D Podcast Production. Schedule a meeting to learn how our story-building tools can grow your brand. I'm your host, Steve Ramos. Join us on the new frontier.